재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. Our uh, People in Seoul feature is where we take it upon ourselves to bring you interesting people who are passing through Seoul to share their talents. And this week, we've got a real treat for you, I think. We've got a Korean-born, London-based playwright and filmmaker who's in town to debut her play starting tomorrow from the 2nd of June to the 18th of June at the National Theatre Company of Korea at the venue known as Sogukjang Pan. It's called This Isn't Romance, and her name is Insuk Chapel. Welcome, Insuk. Great to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. This Isn't Romance is the name of your play. Yeah. And it's the story on stage is as interesting as the story of your own life itself. A lot of you went into this play, didn't it? Um, yes, a lot of me, but uh, not... It, 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 the play sort of originated from um, personal feelings and emotions that I wanted to um, put on stage, but I also made a big leap into um, fiction. Mm. Um, I haven't personally met any member of my biological family. Right. So let's <laughs> let's unpack your personal story just sure. a bit. You were uh, adopted in the UK at a very young age. Yes, I was 18 months when I arrived in the UK. Okay. Raised yeah. in a small town, I take it? Yeah. So I was uh, raised by an English family in a small uh, village in Essex. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about, we, we frequently talk to Korean adoptees here, international okay. adoptees. We have... Right. Uh, you know, and there's always this complexity of story, complexity sure. of emotions. Sure. And it's not all that unusual for adoptees to express themselves artistically. Here you've oh, gone great. you've gone the full distance here by <laughs> debuting a play. Yeah. Um but uh, you you didn't have much contact with your Korean cultural background until around teenage years, right? No, not really. Um yeah, I mean, when I was a teenager, my mom found which was probably quite difficult for her to find in our little village, but she found um uh, a lady called Min who married an Englishman and she gave me sort of Korean lessons. And actually my parents brought me to Korea when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I found that really interesting, but I think I wasn't really aware of my Korean identity or I wasn't really aware of Korea until um, my late 20s when I sort of became more interested in Korea as a country and, and the culture and the language. Um, and I came back, I came on a um, motherland tour that the Korean government um, organized. This is interesting. I didn't yeah. realize the government <laughs> does this. So the government reaches out to international adoptees. Yeah, that- in That's the world. Right. In fact, your uh, your play is part of a series called Diaspora that the National Theatre is putting on. Yes, that's right. So, uh, it brings you back to Korea and you said you were in your early 20s when you came No, out. I was in, yes, I was in my late 20s. And it was, it was um, yeah, it was called a sort of motherland tour. And I remember finding it quite upsetting in a sense because it was kind of... So all these adoptees from from uh, all these international adoptees were sort of brought back to Korea, and it was almost like being given a crash course in being Korean, which yeah. was slightly offensive, and being constantly photographed and um, televised. Um, so it just felt like we were kind of on show. It's a delicate <laughs> line to walk, and yeah. certainly to be on the other side of it. Yeah. So your side participating in it. Yeah. Uh, when you say. It was upsetting. Did you feel like you had missed out on having a Korean youth or did you feel that there was something lacking when you saw? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, it's, I mean, yeah, I I think, I think before I came to Korea last time, I I kind of had that fantasy. And I think a lot of adoptees probably have that fantasy because obviously, you know, if you grow up in the West Mm -hmm. and people look at you, so 
in a way, you're, you grow up as a kind of outsider. So I think you have this sort of fantasy that you could come to Korea and there could be somewhere that you fit in and yes. belong. And that trip very much told me that that wasn't the case. That the idealized yeah, Korean upbringing of my imagination... Did not exist, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the language, you know, uh, you said you yeah. got some Korean lessons from I, Min in the village of Essex. Well, but- I, I've started Korean about three times and, and I'm, I'm really bad at languages um, and I'm quite lazy. So uh, my Korean, sadly... And embarrassingly, is is non-existent. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> now, um, in this play, yeah. you're, uh, you've written the play in English. Yes. And it's been translated into Korean and it's yeah. going to be presented in Korean. Yes. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Or that must feel it's strange. Gonna be, yeah, because it's such, it's such a personal play. So it's going to be very, very strange for me on opening night, sort of watching my play in the language of my birth, which I don't understand. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the narrative in the play. Yeah, is sure. it is it your story or is it? No, it's not my story. Um, I, I put a lot of elements of myself into the main character, Miso Blake, but I also put a lot of elements of myself into the brother figure although that's I mean Miso Blake is more obviously me because she you know she's English she's from Essex she's coming back to meet family she's an adoptee as well she's in an the ado- UK she's an adoptee. adoptee yeah so she so the story is that Miso Blake and she's kind of um She's like an aging it girl, you know, like a third tier model who is kind of like coming to the end of her career, approaching 30, all those things. So she comes back to Korea um, to meet a brother. And in the story, it was her that um, something tragic happened to the mother. And so she was sort of, I think she was six and he was three or something like that. Or she was seven and he was four, something like that. Mm. Um, and so she'd been sort of taking care of her brother, but obviously she was a child, so she wasn't able to do that. So she abandoned the brother on a street corner. So in a way she is, although she's um, an adoptee, she's also being placed in the abandoning mother role as well. Slightly. She's got, so yeah, yes. she's got guilt issues as well as abandonment issues. Yeah. Um, and for... For the character of Han, when I came back to um, Korea on the Motherland tour, I was taken to um, an orphanage and I met a little boy in that orphanage who was three years old and he'd been left on a street corner. Um, And it was probably all... But I I just felt like I had a real bond with this little boy. It was probably like all projection, you know. (laughs) But... But then I just, you know, I really thought about this little boy a lot and just thought what his life, what, what was his future? You know, growing up um, alone in an institution in Korea, you know, what, I mean, what happens when you leave? You're, you know, you leave at 18, whatever, like what, what happens to you? So that was my starting point for the character of Han. It's like, as I said, it's being presented in Korean. The, the yeah. Korean title is Egon Romantsaga Anya. This isn't romance. What what what's up with that title? Why are you saying this isn't romance? Because um, so it's a love story. Um, uh, so this is when I made the leap into fiction. I wanted to. I wanted to write a really strong and compelling story that went beyond the adoptee narrative like it's not documentary i didn't want i'm i'm a fiction writer this is not social activism yeah, necessarily yeah it's not, it's not documentary yeah. it's not social activism this is a play um and as someone who had never really experienced um having sort of biological family or, or that are 
like you know at that time I'd never experienced meeting someone who was who was genetically close to me mm. so I I guess I imagined it as this crazy sort of chemical thing um so and the only thing in a way I could think of was you know that's just like the madness of sort of falling in love <laughs> Um, and then I also read, and so I was, I was sort of feeling my way into, okay, how do I write a play in, with some of the themes and the emotions that I want to express? Um, and then I read a few articles about um, genetic sexual attraction, which is about people who've been separated as children, mm-hmm. who, bec- because of the separation, just have a sort of intense chemistry mm. when they meet again which to me sort of felt like a love story and obviously in this day and age well in in England it's pretty hard to write a love story because there aren't that many blocks now mm-hmm. but it's it kind of felt like well that is a fairly major block to that's a love quite story. A, that, that's a new angle yeah it's yeah. a new angle uh, it quite an, it may possibly maybe an extreme angle but that's okay <laughs> It's interesting, yeah. The, the <laughs> almost like a uh, they say twins, you know, uh, yeah. or or people genetically connected. Yeah. Even you know when they meet again after a long time, sure. we, we uh, spoke to um, one twin, uh, one of two twins who were given away as ad- uh, adopted children halfway across the world from each other. They found oh, each other and they I, made that documentary. Yeah, you might have I think seen I it. saw it. It was fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and they had an instant connection yeah. like that. Yeah, so, so I imagined Han and Mizo meeting for the first time that they would have this instant chemical, inexplicable, almost, inexplicable, almost like pheromones yeah. or something like that feeling. But then also layered against that is all, is all the guilt and resentment and everything else and i think i think as an adoptee you always have this sort of um parallel life that you could have had mm-hmm. so you know so so you sort of grow up and you know i had a, i did have a very, you know a privileged upbringing i was able to study and do whatever i wanted and do a lot really. of arts you yeah. know, your background has yeah. a, a lot yeah. of arts and education. that was really encouraged for me but i think that Growing up, you always have this sort of fancy of, oh, what would have happened if I'd stayed in Korea? Mm-hmm. You know, and to the sort of, you know, when you know nothing about Korea, you just, the the super dramatic, would I have been working in a shoe factory? You know, all these kind of things. So, in a way, Han is that fear of what would have happened to me. This was uh, dramatized <laughs> in England, in the UK as well. Yes. This, uh, this isn't yeah. romance. Well, it was a radio drama and a stage play? No, or? so it, um, it was the first play I ever wrote that was produced. It was and it produced won, on stage, um, okay. It won the Verity Bargate Award, which is quite a prestigious uh, playwriting award in London. Um, and it enjoyed a sellout run at the Soho Theatre. Um, it was also um, commissioned for BBC Radio 3, The Wire, which is a sort of, it was a sort of cutting edge um, drama radio broadcast. Um, and it was also commissioned by Film 4 as a screenplay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So in bringing it to Korea, is yeah. it just word-for-word translation or have you tweaked it at all for a Korean audience? I think it has been ad- slightly adapted for a Korean audience. How would, uh, I mean, the two audiences would receive this perhaps slightly differently? You know? Yeah. When it was on in London, it offended quite a few Koreans. Hmm. Uh, but th- but it was produced in London in 2009. Um Quite mixed. I mean, I, I know quite a few Korean people in London who are in the arts uh, and uh, who really, really liked it. But then um, I know someone from the Korean Cultural Centre came and, and was quite offended. What and do you I reckon the sensitivity? <laughs> what were the sensitivities? Um, 
I guess it was. I guess it was the whole thing of. Um, Sort well, of implying a romance between these two. No, I don't even. Well, it, I mean, it's a challenge. It's a challenging play. Like, you know, it, I, playing safe. I wasn't wanting to play it safe when I wrote it. Okay. Put it that way. But I think it was more that um, it. There were some things that were read as critical of Korea, and I'm a foreigner, an outsider being critical of Korea. So I think that what that is what might have offended. But I also think, you know, if. For for um, if you're a playwright in the West, you kind of think your job is to sort of challenge the establishment and and to ask questions. So I so I don't know. Maybe the maybe it's different here, but have, you know, in in England we try to challenge. Yeah, and, and have ask the edges questions. been a little bit softened down here in the Korean production? Do you reckon or? I don't know, but okay. probably not. <laughs> so you've you've let it kind of out of your hands. You're not you're not yeah. hands on in terms of the. Oh no! Well, I well I couldn't be because of yeah. I I was uh, I, um, I my agent was asked if I wanted to have a final say of the script, but but how would that work? As I don't speak. I Korean. suppose you'd have to reverse translate <laughs> yeah, it back exactly. and all that. So I, okay. I was just like, so no. you're almost coming to this play as a spectator here. I, I am coming to play as a spectator. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so it'll I be, thought maybe so you be... had had some sort of artistic hand no, in shaping it. No, and also that I mean that's the point of plays is they are meant to be. You know, a different director will have a different interpretation, and that and that's how plays have a life. Are so, you, uh, you? You know, if you, if you want to be in control of everything, you write novels. Right, right. <laughs> well, you're just a day out. This yes. thing is premiering tomorrow. So, yes, that's uh, right. what's your state of emotion right now? Are you excited, um, nervous? Tense? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really nervous. Um, I'm jet lagged because I only arrived yesterday. Uh, I mean, if the reviews are absolutely awful, I won't be able to read them. So <laughs> that's a, that's I have a silver a line. They'll get, they'll get back to you somehow. Uh, wow. So uh, and, and the play's going to run uh, pretty much all of, most of June. Yeah, runs that's to right. The, to the 18th, so yeah. there will be time for many audiences to go check it out. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of your other work. Sure. Uh, you have done some films, as you said before. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some some other plays. Yeah. What interested me, because I have a little bit of an interest in North Korea oh, as wow. a topic, okay. as a theme area. Sure. You wrote a uh, a play called Pyongyang. Yes. That's Tell right. me about that one. Um, that came about, um, I was invited to a, a film at Amnesty International by a Korean friend of mine and it was about North Korean human rights and it wasn't a particularly good film but what was incredible was the atmosphere in the room um it was about sort of uh there was a torture scene and I remember a woman two seats away from me collapsed on the floor and just the atmosphere around me was electric and and afterwards I was told that most of the audience were North Korean refugees Mm. um and I had at that point I hadn't realised there were so many North Korean refugees in London, um, and I I met a couple of them, and I was just really really moved by their story, and just wanted to write something about their experience. Um, so that's how that play came. And about. so Pyongyang is uh, a, a dramatisation of human rights struggles that North Koreans no, endure. No, it's not. I didn't. I because that was another thing. So many of the North Korean stories are so challenging, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I think that if you if you spend money, go and see a play, pay for a babysitter, there needs to be a degree of entertainment. Like, of course, you want to be moved, you want to be educated, but it also needs to work as educate as entertainment. Sure. So, 
it's another <laughs> yeah it's another love story so so it's about um two characters that are either side of a of a, of a class desire of a cl- of the class divide uh-huh. um so the so the boy is the son of a, a minor because his father uh, fought it fought on the wrong side in the korean war and mm. the girl uh gets to be a sort of film star um and one of uh, uh the sort of favorites in the north korean um uh-huh. film industry so it's all sort of set in the north korean film industry so it so there are lighter moments, yeah, yeah. as well as it just being tragic star and heartbreaking. Crossed, yeah, North star Korean crossed, love. North, yeah, North, North Korean star-crossed lovers, levels, right? Yeah. And then you've got one called Gochebi, which is uh, those are the, the the swallows, the little uh, yeah. the kids that run around. Yeah. Especially during the nineties, you heard about these Gochebi yeah. kids that would uh, basically be homeless, and their yeah. parents may have passed away. They're 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 searching for food. Yeah. So um, I was really. Um, do you remember there was in I think in 2013 there were the nine or nine North Korean orphans that crossed into China, yep. uh, and then were captured in Laos and sent mm. back to North Korea. I, I remember that was around the time I was writing Pyongyang, and I was really really moved by that story. And I've actually just written a play for the National Theatre um, in the UK, um, a connections play for kids, which is based on the story of those nine orphans, inspired wow. by the story of those nine orphans. But at the time, I was thinking, you know, but what if there was one that got away? Um, so I wrote, um, I've written and directed a short film called Kotchibi, which is about. Um, it's about North Korea, but from a British angle, because it's actually about, um, it's a friendship between a mysterious old man and a, no, sorry, it's a friendship between a bereaved old man and a mysterious young girl. Um, and they live on opposite sides of a semi-detached house in a very, very ordinary sort of suburban cul-de-sac in middle England. Um, both suffer from nightmares and cry out in their sleep and their bedroom is either side of the dividing wall and that's how they get to know each other and the old man um fought it turns out the old man fought in the korean war and he figures out that the this mysterious girl that everyone thinks is a traffic chinese child is actually north korean uh-huh. uh because he understands what she says so it's about it's a i think it's a really beautiful story and it makes a connection between someone who fought in a war um and someone who grew up in the the mess Okay, so war. these are yeah these are human stories. You're yeah, not pounding they're human a drum stories. On, yeah, on that's issues. drama. Yeah. How would you describe your relationship to Korea? That's a big question. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping that it will. Um, I don't. I is mean, it aspirational? I don't really are you have... trying to rewire your sort of Korean essence? Or you didn't search for your biological parents, no. did you? No, I didn't. Um, I'm. I, I I went to Holt. Um, and I was basically Which is the agency, the agency that I was adopted through, and I was basically denied all information um, about my mother be- because she uh, didn't want to be found. And I understand because of the culture why that would be. Um, so I made the decision not to search for family. Um, I also get on very well with my adopted family. Mm. So fair that enough. Helps. <laughs> uh, but but writ large, Korea yeah. capital K. Do you are you are you trying to? I don't know, it's, acculturate? I, it's really funny because I'm, I keep being drawn, I keep being drawn to Korean stories. Um, Makes sense. I guess, I mean, I'm really fascinated by the Korean War and because of the research for my short film, Kocha B, I've been speaking, speaking to a lot of um, British veterans who were mm. all sent to, to fighting Korea as, as teenagers um, on national service. So that, 
I'd, I'd really like to write a film about the Korean War, but from the British perspective of these, you know, these kids who were sent over here. Mm. So I, so again and again, I keep being drawn back to Korean themes in my work. Also, I mean, also in in England, like the, I mean, it's getting better, and there are more and more fantastic female playwrights coming through. But the, but a lot of the, um, it's still like a very sort of male white middle class arena, and there are other stories. So uh-huh. that's another re. Another reason why I want to keep writing East Asian stories and giving chances for those actors. Yeah, fair enough to represent sure. uh, a different side of the usual uh, narratives. Yeah. Are you somebody who has to write? Do you get possessed with something and then have to see it through? Or is it just a matter of uh, puttering around and finding what interests you? Um, now, I really understand that you have to really pick your projects carefully uh simply because they always take far longer than i think <laughs> and much more work than i ever think at the beginning so so now i really understand okay you take something on that means you're not doing other things so now i i choose very carefully about what i'm going to write Egon Romantica Anya. This isn't romance. The current project of Insu Chapel premieres tomorrow night, Friday, the 2nd of June, and runs through the 18th of June at the National Theatre Company of Korea, the Sogukjang Pan. Insu, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me.